Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's 5 o'clock on a Friday, which means it's happy hour with Bobby DePaul. Joins us courtesy of the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Also courtesy of Bobby DePaul Charities and the Walking with Anthony Foundation. And Bobby D, before we get to uh, the preview of the Seahawks, explain the song. This week's game features two of the top coaches in the National Football League. John Harbaugh, 16 years with the Baltimore Ravens. And the 72-year-old Pete Carroll, 14 years at the Seattle Seahawks. Both are former Super Bowl-winning coaches sitting on top of their divisions in first place. There has to be something said for their longevity, winning culture, consistency, and stability. Both defensive-minded, both believe in stopping the run and running the football, and both are bad to the bone tough. It takes special people to get highly paid players to perform on a weekly basis. It's the Battle of the Birds, part two, so let's talk some Ravens football. Well, Bobby D., this time last year, Geno Smith, he was one of the biggest surprises in football. His completion percentage was through the roof. This year, completion percentage is still high, but He's got six interceptions, and the majority of them coming in the past few weeks. Uh, how do you size him up halfway through the season? You know, there is no doubt Geno Smith is not on the top of any list when you talk about franchise quarterbacks in the National Football League. But he is sure not at the bottom of any list either. Seahawks offensive coordinator Shane Waldron is not a household name but he does a great job putting his quarterback and key players in position to be successful every week. You know, Waldron is another coach from the Shanahan, Sean McVay family tree. No different than the Green Bay head coach, Matt LaFleur, Cincinnati head coach, Zach Taylor, all worked together for Sean McVay at the Rams in 2017. The Shanahan McVay family tree, is all about finding balance with the run and passing attack. 
The Seahawks, you know, they'll try to establish that run any way they can. And Waldron is very creative with his personnel and formations. The Ravens need to be alert for multiple tight end sets, unbalanced lines with, you know, extra offensive linemen playing tight end, you know, just to add that beef. The passing game is not complex. It's a combination of play action and quick three-step NBA-style inbound pass. Waldron will utilize the whole field horizontally and vertically with, you know, quick spot screens, bubble screens. We see them every week. You know, know, they like to get uh, uh, receivers deep downfield on those just to take a shot on the deep ball. It's a high completion percentage offense by design. In terms of the interceptions by Geno, you know, he's had a total of six, but, you know, he's had three, you know, five in the last three games. You know, it's never all on the quarterback. Everybody plays a role. You know, receivers, not running routes, young and old. So you just can't blame it on a young guy. You know, Geno, you know, he he has that uh, tendency to force some balls in coverage like most of them do. You know, he predetermines where he's going to throw instead of taking what they're going to give him. Then Geno has that tendency to stare down his target. So defenders are taking advantage of that also. I think the biggest issue from what I saw on tape, you know, the last three weeks has been the missed opportunities and interceptions in the red zone. In the last three weeks, the Seahawks are only converting 38.5%. And that would put them in the bottom five overall in the National Football League playing in the red zone. Points off the board and big momentum changers, guys. Bobby D, let's get back to that running game. And they took a second – they used a second-round pick on a running back last year, Kenneth Walker. Again, this year, Zach Charbonnet. Their thunder and lightning rushing attack. We saw DeMarcado had some success last week. Could this rushing attack create problems? Great question. Thank you. I think the number one thing the Ravens tried to do last week was keeping everything in front of them and not give up the big play. I mean, the last thing John Harbaugh wanted was Hollywood Brown running by him and scored a big touchdown. You know, giving up a few extra yards in the running game and denying Hollywood that bomb was worth every yard, no doubt about it. Maybe it was just the John Harbaugh revenge factor. And remember, guys, he calls all the shots, okay? The good news for the Ravens is they didn't, you know, they don't have to go against Marshawn Lynch. You know, he's, you don't have to worry about him. You know, the old inside running back, the guy that when you look up the Webster Dictionary, the definition of Mr. Inside, it's Marshawn Lynch, okay? The other thing about last week was Arizona's offensive line has a lot more talent than Seattle. Seattle's offensive line, you know, it's makeshift. I mean, and that's really being kind to Seattle. I mean, nine different starters, five different combinations in the first seven games of the year. They had a bye week, so that, you know, they have only played seven. The Seahawks do have an inside-outside combination with number nine, Kenneth Walker III, you know, playing that Mr. Outside. But he also has the power to go inside. He's quick as a cat, real shifty, out in space. He's very explosive with speed. Mr. Inside is their rookie second-round pick out of UCLA, uh, number 26, uh, Zach Charbonnet. I want to call him Chardonnay. You know, he's from the L.A. He's thick. I mean, this guy looks like he was a bodybuilder that worked out at Gold's Gym on Venice Beach in California. I mean, he's a Greek. He's like Zoops. He's a Greek guy. Wait till you see this guy walking around. If we only look that way when we walk down the beach, you know, just once I'd like to do that. <laughs> you know, the other thing uh, about these two running backs is they are both dual threats, both very good catch and run receivers out of the backfield. The other nice advantage for the Seahawks 
is both also do have a great, you know, do a great job facing up and blitz pickup. You've heard me talk about running backs and why they fail. These two guys, you know, really do a great job in pass protection. You know, one of the reasons the Seahawks are ranked ninth in the National Football League in sacks per attempt is because their running backs can block. Running backs, you know, play a major role. You've heard me mention it numerous times, guys. Well, Bobby D., you mentioned the receivers earlier on, and they got three talented ones, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and the first-round pick, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. What do you think Mike McDonald will have up his sleeve in terms of coverage? I mentioned this weeks ago, the key in defending and coming up with a defensive scheme, you know, scheme is to first understand the personnel and, and what – you know, the individual strengths and weaknesses are for each player and how how does the coach use them against, you know, against you. You know, actually, the Seahawks actually have four receivers they use. You know, let's start with their deep ball threat, okay? That's the number one thing you want to worry about when you're a corner. Who who do I got to worry about going deep? That's number 14, D.K. Metcalf. This guy's huge. I mean, you know, 6'3". He can run 4'3'9". You know, but he mainly uh, operates outside the numbers, and he's their big deep ball threat down the field. You know, one of the best, you know, people knock Geno all the time, but let me tell you something. You know, just watching the tape, one of the best things Geno Smith does is throw the deep ball. I mean, he has great touch. It looks like an NBA three-point shot, you know, that nice arch, you know, that uh, and it's perfectly laid out for the receiver to run on. I mean, it's a thing of beauty, guys. Uh, second, uh, the receiver, uh, number uh, 16, Tyler Lockett. You know, he's their leading receiver. He's got caught 35 balls, but he's more of their motion guy, works the slot, short to intermediate, very good hands, good run after catch, but he's fighting a hamstring, so he's not at full strength. Thirdly, the third guy, rookie first-round pick out of Ohio State, number 11, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's another speed guy, more size, got more toughness, you know, to run across the middle and play in the middle of the field. The last guy is an interesting guy because he's another rookie, a college free agent out of UCLA, number 19, Jake Bobo. You know, he is the Seahawks version of Cooper Cup. And you heard me mention earlier, you know, the, the Sean McVay family tree. You know, here's a big 6'4 frame. They use him like a tight end in tight formations. They run bootlegs to him, get him out, he blocks. I mean, to me, that's a Sean McVay family tree signature, the big wideout. We see the use of, you know, we see him in L.A., we see him uh, in Green Bay, we see him in Cincinnati. Ravens, Kyle Hamilton, you know, he's a hybrid for a reason. So this will be, you know, a good guy uh, to, to handle Bobo, especially in short yardage in, in, in the red zone, okay? So you'll probably see him playing the nickel when 19's on the field. That's how you know – uh, the matchup game that's being played. When 19 comes in four, you know, on the field, look for uh, Kyle Hamilton to go to nickel. You know, at corner, you got Marlon Humphrey, you got Brandon Stevens. So they should be able to handle DK Metcalf. You want to be more physical with him. Either one of them, uh, you know, have that ability, so probably in good shape there. Then you got Arthur Mollette playing a nickel. So what happens with Mark? You know, what you're talking about him is handling uh, Tyler Lockett, you know, in the slot. So I don't see anything special that Mike McDonald has to do on Sunday to handle the matchups in the passing game. You know, I think the number one thing that he's got to worry about is the skill set of Geno Smith, especially in that red zone, because the Seahawks do exactly what the Ravens do. They got that quarterback design runs, 
And, uh, you know, it's down in the red zone. You're seeing it more and more. You know, a lot of the touchdown score for the Ravens are, you know, Lamar Jackson running it in, right? So mm-hmm. there's a no, you know, you got to have a little alert for Geno this week, uh, you know, down in the red zone for those quarterback design runs. Bobby DePaul will advance scout the defensive side of the Seahawks next here on 1057 The Fan. We're back with Ultimate Football Guy Bobby DePaul. And Bobby, Pete Carroll loves him some cover three and cover six. Could that be a problem for Lamar Jackson? And could Seattle's three-safety rotation be uniquely equipped to spy him in the run game? Well, I think the first thing that stood out to me when I was watching this tape was how the Seahawks have switched full-time to nickel personnel. That's four down linemen, two linebackers, and five DVs. I mean, years ago, you heard me mention about the Buffalo Bills and how they went solely to nickel, okay? So there's a lot of similarities in terms of how guys are using personnel defense today in today's football. It's, it's evolving. I didn't see any base defense from Seattle against Cleveland Browns last week at all, even against their heavy personnel with multiple tight ends. They do have this uh, three-safety rotation with number 33, Jamal Adams, playing down on a box, you know, no different than a linebacker. It really looks like a 4-3, you know, with the body size uh, that he has. But it's mainly on first and second down. I mean, you see that with Kyle Hamilton, okay? Similar situation, Jamal Adams. It's grass basketball, matching size for size. Remember, the Seahawks have to play and defend big wideouts in their own division against the Rams. So they probably got this idea that uh, exactly what the Ravens did with uh, Kyle Hamilton. Uh, you know, moving forward, they also have a nickel scheme when they have first-round pick out of Illinois, cornerback number 21, uh, Devin Witherspoon. I mean, this guy's a freak of nature, guys. He's no different. You know, they, they use him down in the slot, no different than when uh, the Ravens put Arthur Marlette on the field to handle those quick-footed wide receivers, you know. But, the, the, you know, I, I see him matching up against Zay Flowers, no problem. Okay, so that's going to be a tough matchup for Zay Flowers to shake him. This guy's a freak. Witherspoon has to be a candidate for defensive rookie of the year. You know, for I mean, there's no question about it. He's playing that good. The thing that the Ravens need to really worry about with Witherspoon is, a, is his ability to wreak havoc when they send him off the edge on those nickel, blitz, nickel blitzes. And, you know, a lot of teams like to send nickel blitzes when they play against Lamar. So that's a big alert for me, you know, watching the tape. Yeah, I, I think he's one of the best nickels I've seen this year. And the Ravens have played some really good nickel guys. So uh, that just gives you an idea of what I'm thinking. I'm, not, I'm, I'm more worried. I'm not really worried about the three safety nickel scheme. I'm more worried about the Witherspoon nickel uh, scheme. The Seahawks took a big swing prior to the trade deadline, Bobby D. They brought in Leonard Williams. Uh, how much could he affect the Ravens' rushing attack on Sunday? You know, that's what the world wants to know, and obviously that's why I'm coming on here to tell you guys what's going on, okay? It, I, to me, I think it was a great trade because they already have, you know, a three technique with number 55, Draymond Jones, and one of the top nose tackles in football, number 90, Jaron Reed. So this will give him tremendous depth and a better rotation. The Seahawks like to play their four-man front, you know, and they want to keep them fresh. So they rotate eight to nine uh, players every week. No different than Indianapolis, no different than Buffalo. That's what, you know, the Jets, all these teams that you watch and have great defense, the 49ers, they want eight to nine guys rotating, keep, you know, keeping fresh. The difference was is when they did, they had a big drop-off in talent with that second group. Leonard Williams now gives them insurance in case 
you know, a guy like Draymond Jones goes down and, you know, he may even go ahead of Draymond Jones and play on the first group. But it gives him a chance for any injuries inside, and it's a big, it's a big upgrade, with, uh, upgrade with their interior rotation. In terms of its effect on the running game, it's not, it's not much. It's not, I mean, right now, uh, this is one of the you know, stout defensive units in the league. I mean, they're ranked third right now without uh, Leonard Williams in the National Football League in average yards per rush at a time. They only give up three and a half yards per attempt right now before he's on, on board. The Seahawks have one of the best inter, you know, inside linebacker tanners in football with number 54, Bobby Wagner, and Will Linebacker, number 56, Jordan Brooks. I mean, these guys attack the football just like Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. So, really, that's an interesting situation right there. Two of the, you know, four of the top linebackers, the two probably, probably really the top two tandem uh, linebacker cores in the, in the league right now going at it. That's pretty interesting. I do see a flaw with this scheme. And it's exactly what I pointed out earlier, you know, in one of the earlier questions. The Seahawks are playing nickel full time, okay? And no base defense. A few years ago, I watched Bill Belichick line up against the Buffalo Bills who play nickel full time and just went heavy personnel and completely knocked them off the ball. The package I'm really looking forward to seeing the Ravens use this week maybe a little more lean towards Giro this week, okay, with his mindset, this Seattle, uh, you know, front will have a problem with the Ravens' 22 personnel in, in, in Patrick McCard. You know, that's one running back, one fullback, two tight ends, and one receiver. I don't see the Seahawks being able to hold up a nickel against the power blocking of Patrick Reed and those pulling offensive linemen getting outside on the edge. No way. In the last two games, and you guys heard me come on here, and I've mentioned trying to do what? Detroit and Arizona, keep their base mm-hmm. on the field. Why? Because the Ravens have a distinct speed advantage, you know, against base. This week, it's keep their nickel on the field because the Ravens have that distinct power advantage over the Seahawks to run the football. Bobby D, in the past game, is there a defensive back you'd want the Ravens to pick one? You know, there's always a weak link and – and, and nobody's perfect in this league, okay? Keep an eye on right cornerback number 27, Tariq Woolen. Yeah, he's 6'4", he's lanky. He doesn't have great transition. They play a lot of cover three, like you mentioned earlier, and they're off, okay? They're not pressed. So it's hard for these lanky guys to transition work, you know, playing in off coverage. Another guy to keep an eye on is left corner, Number 22, Trey Brown. He comes in the game when they go to that, uh, when they put uh, Devin Wizenspoon down in the nickel. So he'll come on and play at a corner. You know, he's, he's got two interceptions, so he's not crazy bad. But, you know, both the corners on either side, when they play that cover three, I mean, they're susceptible to quick slants, okay? It's because they don't have great transition. But with him, number 22, Trey Brown, he's susceptible to the sluggo route. What's the slugger route? That's a slant and go. Both these guys struggle with the slants, but this guy, you can do it. You know, slugger's a double move. So I'm looking at both corners, especially against their cover three. Any other observations, Bobby D? Look, man, you know, I got, I, I got plenty to say. Okay, <laughs> but, you know, you guys restrict me and keep me from, you know, I can talk all day with you guys. Okay, you know that. Got to pay the bills. But, uh, <laughs> I got some interesting information for you here, okay? The defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks is Clint Hurt. 
Guess what, guys? He's a disciple of crybaby Vic Fangio. Okay. <laughs> and so it says, I've been covering the Ravens the last four years. The Ravens have completely dominated anybody from this family tree. Even in preseason this year, when the Ravens beat the Eagles, you know who the defensive coordinator was? Sean Desai, another crybaby Vic Fangio disciple. Okay. Clint worked for him in Chicago. That's where the that's where I tie them all together. Long time in, in Chicago with uh, Crybaby Vic. Here's another situation, okay? The Seahawks are the most penalized team, believe it or not, in the National Football League. They average about seven a game, okay? The next worst team is the 49ers, who average, you know, just over eight, uh, six uh, a game. Let me just say this. There must be something going on out west. I mean, there's no discipline on the West Coast right now, okay? The worst two penalized teams in the National Football League are from the NFC West. Hmm, Go figure, right? (laughs) Okay, guys, get ready for the Zebras. For the second time this year, the Ravens fans get to be entertained by head referee Sean Hockley. I mean, I've mentioned this before, Sean Hockley, you know, the son of Ed Hockley. And, and uh, the apple doesn't fall too far from the family tree, guys. So, I mean, in, in officiating or the uh, coaching family tree. The Ravens' pass rushers need to be very conscious when they go after a quarterback, Geno Smith. You can't be late on any contact the, after the ball's after his hands are up. These guys are going to throw the flag. I mean, it's, it's, it's really comical how bad these guys are. This head referee family tree protects the quarterback. So you got to act accordingly. More bad news for the Ravens. For some reason, okay, I can't really put my finger on it, but when this crew handles the game, the visiting team actually has a way better than average chance to win the game. Okay, not good news for the Ravens. This crew's visiting win percentage averaged 67% in 2020, 70% in 2021. They fell off, okay, they probably covered their ass a little bit in 2022. Okay, they dropped down to 30. This year, boom, right back up. The visiting win percentage is all the way back up to 57%. The overall average, okay, just in comparison, the overall average for the crews across the league is only 46%. I mean, these guys are at 57, 70, 67. I mean, what's going on here, guys? Now, I'll say this. Think about it. The Ravens had Sean Hockley in week two. Well, guess where they, they were on the road playing at Cincinnati? And guess who won? The away team. Bobby DePaul, let the people know about the Bobby DePaul Charities and the Walking with Anthony Foundation. Bobby DePaul Charities is a proud supporter of the Walking with Anthony Foundation, a charity organization and mission to provide help to kids who struggle from unexpected hardships. Together, this team is committed to giving back while helping deliver financial aid assistance or equipment to those in need. If you'd like to help me help some kids, go online to www.walkingwithanthony.org and make a donation. Or if you want to make a direct donation, you can hit my uh, Venmo charity link, okay? That's at Bobby DePaul Charities, and thanks again for all your support. Uh, I'll be heading down – I'll be heading uh, into Washington, D.C. College Park this weekend. Matter of fact, tonight we have our 40th reunion, guys, University of Maryland football team, okay? The 83 ACC championship football team. Bobby Ross is coming into town. Awesome. If you guys remember uh, Boomer Uh, Esiason, right? You know, my class won three straight 
ACC championship, guys. A feat that will probably never happen again, especially since they're in the Big Ten. <laughs> and, and they're getting beaten the Big Ten. Hey, Bobby DePaul, always great. You've earned yourself a couple of cocktails. We always appreciate your time. I just hope I'm alive on Monday, okay? That's <laughs> what I'm looking at. <laughs> Have a great weekend. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.